So this podcast is recorded in front of a live studio hound and at least one live studio cat. The chickens are still outside because the weather is good for that. And so there won't be any peeping, I hope, this episode. I should mention at this juncture as well that we swear a lot. And while the podcast itself is marked as explicit content, uh, there will be nothing of an adult nature, at least not planned. But since iTunes only has clean and explicit, we have to flag it explicit. In general, we try to keep it to PG or PG-13, at least by the U.S. rating systems. Ursula is currently being assaulted by a dog, which means it's a great time to tell you that this is Productivity Alchemy episode... What episode is this? This is episode 48. And I have a great interview this week. I have my friend Will Frank, SciFantasy, on Twitter. I will be linking all of that. Uh, Will is a copyright lawyer. He is. Um, it helps if you look at the microphone when you talk. But um, he is. And he is. He is a copyright lawyer. Yes. Um, and he, how he keeps organized is, is very different compared to uh, how a lot of people do, uh, at least for his professional stuff, because he's got a lot of, of things going on. Now, one of the things that has been sort of a recurring theme uh, across everything else has been uh, people using Gmail and Google Calendar for their organization. And while I am a big proponent of Inbox Zero, that is, if it needs to be done and it's in your inbox, either do it right away or find something else to somewhere else to put it, put it on a list, get it out of your inbox, file it away, put it somewhere where it can, you know, not be in your inbox and you're not using your inbox as a to-do list. Two tools I have recently been playing with um, that have really... If some of you out there in internet land just laughed hysterically when Kevin began talking about inbox zero, it's okay. It really is. I snickered internally too. The thing I found, though, is I found two tools that have made my life a lot better when it comes to handling email. Um, admittedly, both of them are commercial. Neither of them are sponsoring. And I want to say that uh, up front because we're not, I'm not being paid to tell you about these products. Um, the first is a browser add-on called Active Inbox. And what it does is it adds a whole bunch of what look like buttons and features to Gmail, and it's all stored locally in Gmail. So um, the only place it connects that isn't Gmail is basically to their own servers to say, hey, uh, have has this person got a subscription or not? What I like about Active Inbox is it was designed around the idea of getting things done. It was originally called, um, uh, I forget, oh, um, I forget the original name. Okay, so I forget the original name. But what I really like about it is that it, it has this, that whole built in everything for, for GTD, for David Allen's getting things done is just built into it. So if you want to file something away in a label, but have it, uh, on a, on a to-do list for later, you can actually assign, click a couple buttons and it will put it in a dated folder specifically for you to be able to look at. And then it adds little buttons for today and tomorrow and uh, this week and things like that, where you can just click it and it will do a search that pulls up all the emails for today. You don't have to remember that today is March 24th 
when you click the today button, it just goes and finds the stuff that you flagged as due or important on March 24th. It's pretty cool. Uh, a couple other things it does really well is it uh, allows you to set like lists, specific lists. So you can click a button on a high priority list or a low priority list, or just, uh, I have a list set up for Dorsi. I have, um, lists set up for, I'm trying to remember what, for the letters episodes. I, I keep a list or a folder specific for the letters episodes. And as long as you tell active inbox to track it, it, it remembers it. And then you can actually, there's a done button, which does the equivalent of archiving in the inbox. It makes getting through your inbox really, really quick. Cause you can just say done, 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 done. But that still leaves a lot of stuff. And while I really like active inbox, um, it doesn't do everything without me having to create a lot of manual rules, which is unfortunate. I mean, you know, uh, but there's only so much you can do. And that's when I found a thing called SaneBox. Now, SaneBox is a paid service. It is not an add-on, and it works with anything. It isn't Gmail-specific. Um, you have to tell it how to log on to your email uh, in order to function. But what it does is it sets up a whole bunch of folders for you, um, like sane list, sane news, sane black hole, which is one of my favorites. Um, sane black hole. Yeah. Black hole. Uh, sane black hole is great. So what you have to do is you, you, it has either some built in, uh, algorithms that will say, okay, it looks at your inbox and says, okay, um, what, where do I want, where should I put this message? This message is obviously a, a list, a newsletter, so we'll put it in news. This is something from a discussion list, so we put it in lists. This is, you know, it, it has the ability, you can say, don't do anything, let me train you for everything you do, or uh, give me minimal interruptions in my inbox, which means a lot of things just get filtered into either the later or the list folder, right? News or lists or, or later or whatever you want to name it which is pretty cool right out the gate. But the black hole is one of my favorites because you can train messages to the black hole. That means if, man, I've been getting a lot of phone calls lately from people trying to sell me health insurance. I don't know what it is, but whether it's spam or scammers, either way, I'm getting all these messages about, um, you know, hey, Blue Cross Blue Shield has a special in your area or whatever it is. Drives me crazy. In my email, I'm getting some similar things, but I also get a regular just sort of cadence of, hey, here's a job in New York. Hey, here's a job in this, mostly from not very reputable companies, companies I've never heard of, who are just blanket emailing people who um, may or may not have come up on a job search in their database that they scraped when last time I was on Dice or something like three, five, ten years ago. Um it would have been five to 10 years or 10 years ago. Cause I think I deactivated everything about two years into my last job. Um, but they still come in, which is maddening. What you can do is you can take an email and you can put it in the black hole. And that teaches SaneBox that anything that comes from this person, just get rid of it. So it's like setting up a filter, but, uh, you don't have to jump through the hoops of do the thing. And do yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. You don't have to do the thing. And the other fun part about it is, is that because it talks to the server directly and it isn't on your browser, you can say, all right, I want to move, let's say I want to move off of Gmail onto Office 365. Great. It actually has a tool where you can say, okay, I want you to migrate all of the stuff I've trained you. Uh, I'm going to migrate this account from here to there. So 
do that and log in with the 365 and then it moves all the rules over um which is important for their paid for service because you don't want to have to buy another mailbox of processing just to move your mail they're like yeah that would be a problem but the the nice thing about it is it works with anything so if i wanted to start hosting my own mail server i could conceivably say okay here's the information for that go do what you do um Admittedly, it's cloud service. There are security concerns. If you are the kind of person who regularly sends or receives plain text passwords in your email, first of all, don't do that. Second, you know, there, there are security concerns you have to, you have to look at. So you have to look at the security, uh, around at least SaneBox a lot more intensely than you would something like Active Inbox, which is just a browser plugin. Flip side, if you want to use SaneBox with, um, Outlook three or you know Outlook.com or AOL or anything that supports IMAP mail protocol, you can use it with. I really like it, and then it will give you a daily digest where you can review, make sure you've trained things the right places. Um, there's a whole bunch of features packed in there, and yeah, it the more of their features you want to use, the more it costs. Uh, but I'm personally finding a great value in it because now it's like. I can train things and I can say, oh, here's a custom folder for just Dorsi related things. Take everything Dorsi related, shove it in there. And then I tell Gmail, hide that folder unless there's something unread. So most of the time, the, the folder isn't even on my folder list. I'll be honest, in Gmail, I set pretty much everything but like my high priority folder to hide unless unread because... Wow, I didn't even know that was an option. Oh yeah, that's that's an option in the Gmail interface and it's great. It's absolutely great um, because then you don't have like, excuse me, cat. Um, you, you don't have that, you know, that list of mailboxes on you're like, oh, did I file something? Did something get filed by a rule? Where did it go? Uh-uh. I, I turn all that off, um, or at least I turn them all off so that they only show up if there's unread mail in them um, until I go to search for them. And then I've got the Google search that's built into Gmail. I've got, you know, all the tools that are that are there. So. I think for a, a power email user, someone who spends a lot of time in their email, like I do, um, someone who's using their email maybe as a to-do list and has that sort of disconnect of, okay, um, there's a lot of, there's signal in here, but I can't find it around all of the noise. The SaneBox is a great solution. Um, flip side, if you're really into active inbox or if you're really into David Allen's getting things done and being able to say, okay, this email is done, check a checkbox out. It goes of my, of my inbox, or I want to set a schedule for it and that sort of thing. Active inbox is sort of the way to go. And combining the two I've found is huge. Like the moment I, I, it, it, Having the two of them working in concert, now I can say, hey, anything that comes for this person is high priority at the same box level. So, um, Sergey, you're, you're not helping with the microphone here. I'm very sorry. Um, I, I think Sergey maybe needs to go away. Yeah, I, th- I think Sergey needs to go away. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, we'll, we'll be right back. This isn't the, the break break. This is just the Sergey. This is a cat break. This is a cat break, yeah. So, now that the cat has been removed from the office and I've <laughs> talked about my um, uh, two two products that have just been making my life so much easier and that much more productive, um, how, how have we been, O Wombat Test Subject? Uh, well, I have been recovering mm-hmm. from being 
apocalyptically ill. Yes. And, uh... That's not an understatement. I mean, it was holy shit. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Food poisoning. Yeah. Uh, And this was a pretty heavy bout of it. I, uh, I, I got it. Normally, I'm the sort of person who, given the choice between going to the doctor or sleeping on it, I would sleep on a decapitation in hopes it would be better when I woke up. Right, right. Uh, I it is it is kind of hard to get me to the doctor. Like I'll go to regular checkups; it's not a thing. But it doesn't occur to me that there is any range between walk it off and broken bone. Go set it. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, the fact that I was like, I I need to go to urgent care. I think I really need to go to urgent care. Is yeah uh, yeah um. And it has taken a while to recover because, at the risk of getting excessively graphic... Um, That's why we put the explicit tag on it. Uh, I have... My gut bacteria has all gone away. Yeah. And it is now being recolonized by hardy pioneers from the probiotic yogurt. Yep. But uh, I, I've been tired. I haven't been getting as much done as I'd like just because uh, I am not digesting my food the way I normally would. I mean, the mechanical process is still intact, but the nutrients are not getting passed along because there's a vital element of the chain missing. So I'm basically sort of starving to death. Um, Slowly. Slowly. Very slow. Let's face it. I got plenty of of fat reserves. But the the rebuild of bacteria is, and getting back in balance is... It's no joke. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So if you do have this kind of massive die-off at any point, be kind to yourself. Uh, Don't do what I do, which is, fuck it, I'm not eating any more Jell-O, I want nachos. Yeah, they were delicious nachos. Oh god, they were so good, I regret nothing. (laughs) So, Um, getting back in in whack there. Uh, And what I talked about last week, really, was giving yourself the space to take that time off and be sick. Because we've got that big culture around work through the pain pain is weakness leaving the body right or or you know um whatever i'm doing is much more important i don't have time to be sick i can be sick later um i'll be sick when i'm dead yeah and you know while i i put in a lot of caveats around i realize there are people out there who can't yes right if you're in a job you're in an hourly job and you're kind of living paycheck to paycheck sick time is not necessarily an option you'll get paid sick time when you're hourly you there are jobs where it's horrible and you get fired for taking a sick day yeah and i mean that sucks terribly Mm -hmm. but that's that's a problem with the system yeah and um but whenever possible please for the love of god take your sick days give yourself give yourself permission to get sick yes you know and certainly those of us out there living with chronic disabilities uh right Mm -hmm. You know real well that if some days you you, it's not. I will give myself permission to be sick. It's I'm going to be sick whether I like it or not. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. So and I, I I tried to talk about that some too because good, I realized good. that for someone with a, a chronic pain condition or a chronic disease of some sort, you're going to have good days and bad days. And one of the hardest things, and I've I've talked about it in an interview or something, is uh, one of the either the upcoming interviews or the past interviews are starting to blur together a little bit. But is um, uh, 
having giving yourself permission to forgive yourself when these things happen. Yes. Because it's really, really easy to beat yourself up. Oh, yeah. I Like, the third day, the, possibly the second day after, I was, like, yeah. leaning on Kevin going, am I malingering? Uh, uh, you no, know? it wasn't the second day. You, you gave yourself at least four good days. No, dude, it was it was the third day. No, it was like Monday, and the third day was like Saturday. <clears throat> wow, I lost a day or two in there. You did, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it yeah, because I mean, I was laying in bed playing Stellaris and sleeping for mm-hmm. eighteen, nineteen hours a day. Yeah, I uh, just mm-hmm. I'm not as young as I used to be. That takes it out of me. Yeah, and anyway. and that's another thing is as we get older, these sorts of things hit us a lot harder than they used to. Uh, a friend of mine used to joke that, you know, hey, uh, I got everybody gets really sick with when they're kids because they're building up immunities to everything. And then you don't get sick for a while because you're immune to everything. And then the only things left are, are like pneumonia and the nasty flu. And so you get those and they hit you a whole lot harder because you're immune to all the easy stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 The um, one of the things I've been sort of struggling with is I am out from under most of my deadlines. Oh yeah, and that uh, when you don't have a thing that you are working on, uh, I, I had one big deadline, right? And I had to work all weekend to meet it because the week I had planned to spend on that was you know I was sleeping nineteen hours a day praying for the sweet release of death. So uh, the. Suddenly, I had to like throw down fifteen hundred, two thousand words on Sunday and yep. finish this story that I had already gotten a week extension on. But that was the last deadline I was under, and now I'm sort of not under a major deadline. Now that doesn't mean I've stopped writing. I have a thing that I want to get done so that I can mm-hmm. uh, pitch it as my next adult novel to a publisher. I have one that I'm working on that'll be my next self-pub book. And I have one that I'm working on for another thing. But I don't have a deadline. And I wish I could put reverb on that. Deadline, deadline, hold on, deadline, hold on. deadline. I think I have a button. For- no, we won't, we won't do that. We won't do that. <laughs> and when you're self-employed and you do not have a job that is immediately in front of you like that, it is really easy to fall over into feeling unemployed. Right. Now, I am not unemployed. I could sit down, I could make a bunch of art, and I am starting to feel the urge to make art again, which is really nice, because I really burned myself out hard on on drawing with the hamster books. But with the lack of deadlines and everything... And the being sick didn't help. I am in this sort of formless void of, I have no job. I am unemployed. Right. Well, no, I still work for me. I'm still making my thousand words a day. But as you all know, uh, the feeling does not necessarily respond to logic. And... Right. This is this. Well, this is an anxiety thing. Yeah, this is an anxiety thing. Yeah. This is uh, my anxiety always manifests as I am not working hard enough and therefore I will die in a ditch next to a Walmart. As we've said on previous episodes yes, of the show. That yes. is my primary motivation, as we all know, is Ursula is terrified of dying in a ditch next to a Walmart. Thank you, by the way, to all of my dear friends who have said they will drag me at least to a target. You are the best sort of people. Yeah. Uh, but not the Circle K? 
Oh God, no! That's 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 no that that's a lateral move. Target's okay. a step up from Walmart. Circle K is lateral. Where where does the kangaroo mark fall into that? Lateral. Sheets. Lateral. Sheets is a lateral. Yeah, sheets is a lateral. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. No, pretty much all gas stations are a lateral move from Walmart. Walmart is basically a giant gas station. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Harris Teeter would be an up move. The Piggly Wiggly would be lateral. Okay. There is a very, very complex hierarchy of ditches I am allowed to die in. I'm starting to notice that, yeah. Yes. And- what about the farm supply store? Oh, that that's definitely a step up. Okay. And possibly sideways, because then they could compost me. Um <sighs> But yeah, big step up there. I would I that that might be two steps. Okay. I don't have this written down anywhere. It's just when he asks me, I immediately know. <laughs> I have this visceral response. I mean, I'm, that... <laughs> I'm, okay, um, I'm very serious about the dying in a ditch next to a Walmart part, dear. My anxiety yeah. is, has has this all down. I'm, I'm trying to... What about the Lowe's Home Improvement? Uh, that one's a step up. Step up? Yeah. Uh, Home Depot? Oh, half step up. Half step up, okay. Better than a Walmart, but not okay. as good as Lowe's. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, many people have anxiety and are worried their friends hate them, things like that. Social anxiety, super, super common. And I am in no way denigrating it. I don't worry my friends hate me. I'm sort of, I I just assume that my friends all think I'm fine. I think they're fine, so why would... See, I get get the, the, my friends hate me, or even better, your friends hate me. Like, I know the people who are my friends aren't secretly hating, aren't putting up with me just because they don't like me. But your friends, I have anxiety that your friends are putting up with me because I'm with you, and otherwise they would have nothing to say to me. And I know in a lot of cases that's not true. Even Brooke came around after uh, eight years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That may be our our shared bad (laughs) horror movie kind of flow, or when we're both in the the last um, uh, Godzilla movie, and we're the moment Godzilla lights up and lets loose with the breath weapon that we've been waiting all thing, we're both like, yeah! Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm so glad that you have that to share so that I don't have to watch these movies uh, but the thing is I do not have the social anxiety thing right I I mean to a certain extent I'm like oh am I an idiot yeah probably oh I remember a stupid thing I did a while ago yep that was stupid but mostly what I get is the intense I am not working hard enough I will die in poverty I will lose everything um, because I at a guess, yeah. because it, my childhood was spent in a constant state of, well, we're going to have to go live in a tent. And yes. mm-hmm. uh, so the worst thing that can happen to me is there is no money. I'm starving. We have to live in a tent. Whereas you have your childhood, the worst thing that would happen to you is that uh, that other people hated you. Yeah. So it's, you know, degrees. Possibly social anxiety would be a step up from my anxiety. That's, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. I don't know. I mean, it's all sort of in the same anxiety spectrum. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not trying to, oh, to no, say no, no, that no, my no. anxieties are better than yours or anything like that. No. Uh, now I'm anxious that you think I'm saying that. Uh, no. <laughs> Believe me, I've, I, I have learned to deal with and accept your neuroses. Yay! Because if I didn't, I would be much Consumed more neurotic myself. Yeah. Yes. Uh <laughs> 
so well, which is nice because you know when most of my friends do have social anxiety, they're like, "Have I offended you?" And I'm like, "What? I I don't look yeah. unless you've punched me in the face. I'm not offended. And if you've punched me in the face, I'd probably be like, "Why did you just punch me in the face? Did I offend you?" <laughs> That's, yeah, you're you're relatively oblivious to that sort of thing. I am I am extremely oblivious to to many things. This is not to say that I cannot be tactful if I work really really hard. Really, really hard. But uh, <laughs> if I'm thinking about it, I'm tactful. It's just that most of the time I'm thinking about birds or dying in a ditch next to a Walmart. Walmart yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, my anxiety is coming up in the, the feeling unemployed thing because I am back to I don't owe anyone things and I am working basically on spec for all of my right. stuff. And even though I know... I will make money on it, and they will find homes, and this mm-hmm. is, and I am still working. The lack of deadline sort of throws me into this weird liminal space of I am, I am, I am a Ronin <laughs> word, Ronin wandering the land. And you're not the only one. No, no, lots of um, this happens to lots of people. Yeah, no, I, I can think of several authors who I talk to on a regular basis who are in that same situation. Yeah, and everybody. Uh, most authors, at least, and artists who get in that stage, where get in that space occasionally, where they're like, "Okay, we're I have nothing due immediately. Oh God, I need to go get a book contract right now." Oh yeah, or um, the one I've been seeing a little more common is I've poured a lot of my energy into this book and or this series, and they don't want to pick up the next book in the series. Yes, that certainly you happens know. too, and that's a tough one. Oh yeah, that's you know. that's uh, I've been there. Yeah, uh, but there's there's only so much you can do. I mean, it, to a certain extent. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I was going somewhere with that, and the thought is running away from me. Um, I picture thoughts as rabbits. <laughs> And so the shorthand that because Kevin has been subjected to this many many times oh I have I have is that I at this point I'm just like okay I see the little thought but running away vanishing into the distance it's like a little bunny butt just off in the gloom and I cannot catch it what were we talking about we were we were talking about um uh, not having deadlines or having pitched a series and sold a couple books in it and then not getting picked up. And, oh, yeah. And well, when whole, you yeah. finish a book, too, uh, while you are writing a book, you are the person who is writing that book. Right. And as soon as it's done, you are – who are you now? Because you were the person who was writing this book, and now the book is over, so now you don't even know who the hell you are half the time. Uh, this is why my buddy Murr and I say to each other, you know, I just finished a book. Oh, I'm so sorry. Because right. everyone else is all congrats, yay, and and it's like no, you're you're going to be in weird postpartum confused headspace for a bit, and that's fine too. That's that's part of the process. Yep. So. So anyway, so I'm sort of adrift. I have been adrift this mm-hmm. week, but I've been trying to doodle. And, and and as your innards start to get back in alignment, the well-oiled machine that was your your intestinal tract that is now completely disrupted and the little bacteria in there with little hard hats and signs going caution um i'm telling you it's a it's an award-winning game idea it's like sim city but it's microbes sim testing you were or just that was a joke from twitter i I'm can't just, claim I'm, credit i'm just i'm 
Oh my they, god. They come over on the yogurt, these brave little microbial pioneers, and you gotta dig through the detritus, the ruins inside the gut, and build a new civilization, and occasionally you find survivors lurking in places, and sometimes you find really terrifying things you have to fight off, you know, with, with oh, yeah, yeah, your yeah. little blood cell army, white blood cell army, I don't know, whoever fights those off, and... um uh, I'm telling you, game developers, call me. I will write amazing bacteria dialogue and design very cute, cuddly microbes. So, on that note, <laughs> let us go to a world of not microbes, but of legal. Uh, our friend uh, Will Frank, who we know on Twitter and have met at various cons and events, and I'm looking forward to seeing again at Worldcon this year. Yes. Um, very excited about that. Uh, sat down with me uh, about two weeks ago, I want to say, and we talked about how Will stays productive in his job as a corporate trademark lawyer. Um, he works for a very large concern to and helps enforce and maintain their trademarks. So we're gonna go talk. To, I'm gonna go talk to Will, and we'll be right back. Hi, folks. I am here with my friend Will, who is a lawyer, which means we will not run over him twice with the car because he's too far away for me to do that. Ha ha, lawyer joke. Um, oh, come on. You can do better than that for lawyer jokes. I, can do, I probably can. I'm just on a. a it's, it, it's been a long day. Um, but you are hasn't. also a filker. You are a sci fi fan. You do some blogging and podcasting and all kinds of good stuff. So we're really interested to hear how you keep yourself organized. Can you do a better introduction? Because I've, like, fudged that one all to hell and back. And tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. Um, I can certainly do another introduction. I'm not sure it'll be better. Uh, I am Will Frank. My In my professional capacity, I am a trademark attorney for Major League Baseball. When you get the story about this person got a letter from, you know, Major League Baseball saying you've got to stop using, you know, the logos, that's probably something I wrote. Um, and usually if I wrote you the letter, it's because, you know, you really crossed the line here. Um, we don't go after individuals so much, but you know, a lot of like, oh, we put this logo on our, on our, uh, business. No, no, no. That's licensing agreements. Right. Um, in my personal capacity, as uh, Kevin said, I am a science fiction fan. I am a filker. I have done various administrative convention responsibilities, including, the Hugo Voters Packet a couple of times, and the Hugo Awards Administration. I am a panelist at a lot of conventions, particularly on legal issues like copyright and trademark, which are my fields of study and interest. I am a uh, blogger. I do a weekly reread blog of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, the preboot universe for now. Ooh. I have not actually gotten into podcasting because, you know, I actually like to have a life well, well, you know, not, not not all of us have the time to do, you know, three podcasts, which is basically record all every night but one. So pretty much, yeah. Uh, and I 
uh, do a fair bit of video gaming, and I am on Twitter making horrible puns that cause the most of the science fiction community to call for my head. Yes, which is why, uh, by the way, for, for the people at home, when you see us posting, will know in all caps, this is that will. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. So, given all of that, how do you keep yourself organized? Um, so, yeah, one of the reasons I was really interested in coming on this show is I have a most, and you've started to change this since since uh, then, but most of the early people you've interviewed have very sort of commingled personal and professional lives, uh, starting with Ursula, obviously, right. who's a, you know, self-employed author. And with everything that, that entails about, well, your personal life is almost your professional life. Mm -hmm. um, even you, you have a office, you, you have a, a salaried job, but you work from home. Your scheduling tends to be structured right. very differently. Um and a lot of the early people you interviewed were authors in tech, and I know I've started to hear other people comment on that. I have a more bifurcated life. I have a professional career and life and a personal life. And so I actually have two commingled systems of organization. In my professional capacity, I am using the tools that the office gives me, in this case, Office, Outlook, and Word. And a lot of the organization that I have have that work office reminders office calendars i keep an excel spreadsheet of a lot of my office of a lot of my work projects mm -hmm. um it's something i sort of kludge together because everything includes together which basically keeps track of things like deadlines right. what are my deadlines on different projects and what are my expect to have something turned around that isn't the hard deadline um on a bunch of my different spheres of responsibility because my job has basically two or three major categories of type of work. Right. One type of work is writing those letters we talked about. Another type of work is what's going on with people registering trademarks that we have a problem with. And I am dealing with a couple of different outside councils, you know, firms that we work with. And I have various other projects that have certain deadlines. It's like, okay, review this, get to this, turn in this document to my boss or to a senior coworker for review and that's the professional aspect. So I keep track of when did I last hear from outside counsel on this matter. Right. Uh, all that's in Excel. And Outlook is today is the day that you follow up with somebody you sent a letter to who hasn't responded. Right, because it's got you the might... whole calendar integration and the to-do list and all that stuff. Exactly. I don't really use the to-do list much. I probably should. I basically just have flags for days saying today is the follow-up day on this. But, you know, meetings, we have... A couple of weekly meetings, you know, on Tuesday in the afternoon, there's a meeting. Monday morning, there's a meeting. So those are all blocked in my calendar. In my personal capacity, in my personal life, um, the uh, I use a combination. I use a lot of electronics still. I am not, I don't actually have a paper calendaring system. Everything for me is electronic, which means that I get a lot of notifications to my phone and to my watch. I have a smartwatch. I had a pedal for a long time. It finally broke. I broke I broke down and got another one. And really, it's helpful. The biggest thing is not having to pull my phone out from wherever it is. I just go, oh, I can ignore that. Oh, um, I know. I know. That I am a huge fan of the smartwatches. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's less obtrusive. It's more of a quick glance. It's more subtle. You know, you don't have to be pulling your phone out, mm -hmm. particularly on a crowded subway car, because I'm in New York, and I take the four or five trains from Brooklyn to Manhattan. Uh, yes. uh, Get all four and five. I remember them fondly. Nah, they can be a bit of a sardine can. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I do a lot. I do enough else that you know, my calendar, my my personal calendar doesn't have 
8.30 to 6.30 blocks for work, but I have a general idea that that's where I'm going to be then. And then I know that in the evenings I have this event. I have an interview scheduled. Right. Um, I use a lot of electronic reminding too. Uh, I am a proponent of Google Inbox. They're not a proponent so much. I don't really care what anybody else uses. But snooze, the snooze feature in Google Inbox changed my life. Then you're going to love the new UI. I've heard uh, that, that Gmail is importing some of that. Right. I don't know if they're actually going to retire Inbox. If they do, maybe I'll go back. For now, I actually really like the interface for Inbox. Mm -hmm. It's it's much more, uh, uh, for those who don't know, I have my own uh, uh, Google apps for Sunny.com. And so the day it became available, I'm like, click, yes, I will do this, because really the primary user is me. And I was really pleased to see a lot of those features, the snooze, the, uh, some of the reminders, calendar being a part of the UI so that you can bring up your daily schedule. Um, Google is doing a, a nice thing, and I can't wait to see it to the rest of the Google ecosystem. Right. Right. Um, so uh, I keep, you know, I have a field notes Actually, the, the the brand Warren Ellis turned me on to them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, 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 I, I keep some written notes, but that's less reminders and more. I keep sort of a journaling, look back on what happened today sort of thing. And also occasionally I just need you know to make a quick list, like a shopping list or something. Sometimes I'll use Google Keep for that. Sometimes I'll just pull out a pen and paper. Uh, but when it comes to organization, mm -hmm. Um, it makes it easier to bounce between devices. It makes it easier to look stuff up. Right. I don't have, and I know some people do, that if I have my phone, I tend to get distracted and go on Twitter. I mean, I go on Twitter a lot, well, yeah. knows, but I don't get distracted in that way of, oh, well, I was mean to look something up, and then my finger hit the Twitter button, and now it's 15 minutes later, and I've been arguing with three people. Usually, I'm just deliberately arguing with four people. Right. It's uh, but I don't have quite distraction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so a lot of my systems are electronic in nature, uh, electronic calendaring. I'm heavily invested in Google, as I said, mm -hmm. and work is its own thing. And work is its own thing. So I'm, I'm going to do something a little a little off base before we go to the next bit. Um, yeah. Now, um, for your office stuff, are you using the actual applications or are they like the hosted Office 365 thing? A little bit of both. We actually recently migrated to the Office 365 thing. We still have the active applications on our work machines, right. but now it's a little easier to get your webmail on any computer and stuff like that. Gotcha. Or I should say, theoretically easier, because there were some weirdnesses with it. Because part, like, I'll be writing an email on my computer at work, and I'll get on my phone, hey, an email arrived from work, and it's the email I'm writing, which got saved as a draft, and now showed up as a new email in my phone, because I'm not using... The phone apps for Office, I'm using the Gmail, the, the email catching app because there's a limit to how much I'm going to put on there. Right, and right. we don't have, you know, we don't do cloud storage. I think there's probably, I don't know if it's MLB doesn't want to do it or the legal department doesn't want to do it because I'm sure there are going to be client confidentiality concerns at that oh, yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. But we still do uh, more traditional save to folders. So uh, there's VPNs. I can take my computer home and work remote and all that or not, right. you know, or, or travel. Um, or just have to pull extra hours. We have a bunch of apps for some of the things we do. We you know, use third-party apps for matter management, which is a legal term for how many different things you've got going on. Right, right. Or certain reviews. So, you know, there's a fair amount of work I can do even without my 
principal work computer. And theoretically, I should be able to VPN with my Chromebook, mm-hmm. but it never works right. I'm not sure. Yeah, the, the VPN is always a little dicey on the, the Chromebook. Actually, it's not the VPN. It's the Samba Share. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's a that's a whole. We can actually discuss about the technical things after the call because I've <laughs> done little bits of that. Um, now, uh, interesting question. I was talking to Elizabeth B. So for those of you who are wondering, we're doing this interview on the 10th, which is the day. The what? Third. Third. That's why I'm confused. It's on the wrong one. So episode 45 with Elizabeth B. came out today. She also works in a law firm. Oh, cool. She does. She has to deal with billable hours. Do you you have to do billable hours as part of this or are you? Well, no, no. Um, that was. Advantage number one of getting out of a law firm. I am an in-house lawyer. I work for a company doing legal services for that company. I don't need to worry about which client I'm billing to. That was the biggest advantage of being out of the legal biz, uh, of the law firm biz. Gotcha. 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 All right. So now, given all of that, what systems and habits are valuable to you as part of all this? Um, Well, I'm going to also split that question into technical systems and habits versus mental or i guess uh, uh non-technical systems kind of and habits soft because skills, soft skills yeah well i'm not sure what i mean soft skills but we'll see what i get to uh <laughs> when technical as i said i i love inbox i love mm-hmm. the way you can get to inbox zero with that without okay. having to say i'm done with this message basically when i developed how inbox works it was if something is in your inbox, you need to decide how to deal with it, either communicate and respond mm-hmm. to somebody or take in some information and process it somehow, or tell me, tell myself to deal with this later. Oh, I don't want to deal with this thing. I'm going to snooze it until this weekend when I have time. Or it's a reminder that popped up. Oh, it's time to do a thing. Inboxes reminder snoozing, which integrates with the rest of Google's reminders, is a big advantage. Right. And I replicate that as close to my work environment as I can with, if I have something in my inbox, then I need to deal with it. And that could be read something, decide I need to make uh, build a project out of that and put that into my Excel tracking. So the right. in email isn't clogging up my inbox. Okay, this, I need to review this document that came in from outside counsel and decide what, you know, if it's any good. And then pass it along the line. You know, if I say, okay, we've got these revisions. This is what these people said. This is what we're going to do. I mm-hmm. note that I need to review, put the email into the relevant folder. Right. And that way it's not, oh, I have so many emails in my inbox that I don't know where anything is. Um, the great debate, I think, that's going on right now mm-hmm. in email productivity question is which is better, search or folder? Right. And it sort of depends on how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. For purposes of work, folder is absolutely better. I have things organized by type of work and matter. Right. And I can go straight to that and find it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to personal stuff, search all the way. Maybe it's that I'm using Google and Google still knows how to do search. But <laughs> if I, for any reason, need to find an email that I arc- that I finished, thought I was finished with and I'm not, and I love that inbox, when you archive, it's done. This right. is very much how they structure it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can click, I'm done with this or I'm not done with this. I'm saving this. I'm snoozing this. It's very much structured the way that I operate in my personal life. Um, If for some reason I need to find a done email, I search. I search for who it was. I search for phrases. I search for weird, you know, I I just today, Hugo voting finally opened for this year. I had to track down my Hugo voting pin. Oh, yeah. Um, So, hey, click voting pin. Oh, there it is. Now, where's the damn website? Oh, there it is. (laughs) There are definitely communication issues this year. 
Yeah, um, and I'm waiting for my packet because there's. Oh yeah, no, no. Well, I'm not dealing with that this year. But interesting, there's a lot that's freely available. I was able to do all of my reading for, um, basically, well, I've done most of my reading for novel for novella, mm-hmm. uh, but novelette and short story is all available free online. So I was okay. able to fully yeah. clear those categories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Wow. Um. So, all right. So it's so that's sort of the technical side of things, right? Yeah, uh, the non-technical, the big one I would say is habitization. One of the advantages of having those reminders is I can set a reminder that recurs every day. I used to have one for in the morning, you know, as I'm getting ready for work. Is the bed made? Because making the bed's a good thing. If I do the dishes, particularly cleaning up the teapot, I make a pot of tea every morning, most mornings. Some mornings lately I've just been like, nope, because I... I don't have tea at work too. Right. Um, I don't drink coffee. Uh, so um, make a pot of tea in the morning, put it in a thermos, bring it to work. Right. Uh, if I've done that, you know, is the sink clear of dishes? Did I put the dishes away last night that we ran in the dishwasher? I do the dishes in our household, uh, but my wife is a far better cook, um, except when it comes to baking. Well, no, she's an excellent baker, but I do cookies. Ah, um, uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, did I do the dishes or I did the dishes the night before most nights, but now it, they were in the dishwasher. It ran overnight. Let's put the dishes away. Did I feed the cat? Did I clean the cat litter? We have one cat. Again, mm-hmm. we used to have one cat. Then we had 2.7 cats because there was one cat who was filled with other cats. And then we had two cats and four kittens. And then we eventually went back down to one cat and nobody was happier than the one cat. Yes. And it was this. Uh, and the, the cat is very happy. I, I love seeing Meg's photos. Oh, the cat is very happy, and the cat is also a spoiled brat. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and the kittens have all been adopted out to wonderful homes, and as has the mother. And my favorite is that uh, Nora Jemison is the one who got seen pictures of Magpie. And Magpie has turned into a full-sized cat already, and that's kind of scary. Yes, yes. Um, so, so you you basically have reminders to do to take care of the the habits that you're trying to right. build, and then eventually, like I stopped with that reminder because at right. this point I do that stuff anyway. Right, I just do it in the morning. The habitization, the reminders that become habits, is are a pretty critical thing. And you see, that's why I'm not saying it's soft skills exactly, mm-hmm. but it's not technical. It's uh, mind hacking, I guess you could say. I don't really like that term. It is training. Right, it's it's much more of a, a training, and um, who was it? It's um, Franklin Covey, uh, uh, Stephen Covey. Um, I think it was their organization that did all the studies. It says it takes twenty one days to build something into a habit. Right, sounds about right. And then, uh, but it takes three days to lose it. Right, if you don't do it for three days, what's the thing? Was I'm sure this is actually a thing, but I know it from Princess Tutu, which I actually need to like sit down and watch in full. I think I have two episodes in. <laughs> Like if you don't, if you practice, skip practice for a day, you'll know it. If you skip practice for a week, your peers will know it. If you skip practice for a month, somebody else know it. You skip practice for X, and the audience knows it. Right, sort of thing. Right. Um, I'm butchering that quote, but it was given by a giant cat. So what do you want? Uh, yeah, no. Well, now I'm writing down Princess Tutu as something to link to. Oh, Princess Tutu. Yeah, that one's interesting. It's meta. It's ve- it's an anime. It's very meta. Is it uh, more meta than say Fooly Cooly? differently met fully coolly knew what it was um princess tutu all right let's put it this way it's Mm -hmm. it 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 has explicitly a storyteller named drossel meyer who talks to the characters he of in the story he's telling and they talk back okay 
So it, it does it, it definitely breaks that fourth wall a bit. A bit. I mean, it's like the storyteller, I'm not saying the storyteller is, oh, I know I'm in an anime, mm. but the storyteller is telling a story and interacts with the characters, and it's heavily influenced, like I said, it's Drosselmeyer, so it's heavily influenced by the Nutcracker. Okay. And that matter of storytelling. Gotcha. Okay, that, that makes a lot more sense. It's also about ballet. Ah, well, uh, yeah. Oh, and princess too. Becomes a ballet dancer. Yeah. It's <laughs> anime. Uh, anime. <clears throat> so, all right. Rolling it back. What's the best advice or feedback you've been given? <laughs> um, best advice or feedback? Uh, well, there's two things that come to mind. One is the one that I put on my Twitter in October, or sorry, in like mid-November 2016, that is still my pinned tweet, which is, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Right. Same goes for after tragedy, after anything. Yes. Just keep going. Um, says the, which is obviously something you can't always remember, but I certainly try to. I was going to say, I, given that we, we had no water, and so... <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Monday, the carry water portion of, of that was very, very literal, as I'm hauling buckets upstairs to be able to flush toilets. At um, least it was late enough that you didn't have to worry about chopping wood to keep warm. Uh, yeah. Now, now we have to replace the HVAC, but that's a whole other story. Um... Yeah. So you, yeah, royal. Yeah, out of well, uh, given the humidity, it's more of a uh, more of a steamed effect. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Couch cooking. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And I mean, it in New York, like when we lived there, it wasn't that significantly different when we had the heat wave when I was living in Queens. Sure. And it was you know ninety degrees and ninety percent humidity every day. It's being in under the subway, in in, in the stations. The subways are usually air conditioned. Right. Stations when it's growing like that, when it's hot and humid, and you just go, "I am being flashy." Yeah, except this was happening in a in a, a, a fifth story, you know, apartment in Queens at seven p.m. at night, kind of thing. So, oh yeah, yeah. in there, mm-hmm. in there. My apartment now actually has what I I always think of the Japanese style because this is what we had in Japan with individual AC units in each room. They're like centrally wired together for duct work, but they each have their own control. So, nice. uh, the Martha's generally speaking, so I can have it on in my study sort of room. We, we have a three bedroom apartment. It's small, it's really small. Yeah. You can't see it on my office still because I just figured I'd stay and do some work. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a bedroom. Mm-hmm. My wife has a studio, which is literally a studio because she's an artist. And then I have a room that is part study and part guest room. We actually have someone staying there. Couple of days. Right. We have a lot of people coming out and crash with us because people want to go to New York and they have free housing. Yes. No, no, no. I, I, I watch with awe and jealousy sometimes of the people you have staying with you. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know what you're thinking of. We had, uh, can I say, should I say this? Um, there, you've had several people through that I think we know. We had Catalante uh, last, like, two weeks ago when, when Space Opera was, was coming out, which is a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, no, I've, I've uh, uh, Cat. We love Cat. Cat is awesome. Uh, I was thinking more um, Cassandra Cost stays with you guys often, right? No, actually, she didn't stay with us. That was interesting um, because, like, we had never met her. And oh, then okay. he tweeted at Meg, my wife, mm-hmm. uh, my wife, who is a con runner on a level that I will thankfully never be again. Yep. Meg has been working in her whole life. She is this year doing the Hugo Awards ceremony for yeah, Welcome no. 76. She's done it before. She's been a... Uh, con runner at various mm-hmm. points. We thought she was going to chair conventions. She's now swearing she isn't. I don't know if I believe her. 
she doesn't know if she believes her, I think. Same thing as Prince run cons, but then again, Kevin, you're running thing. Um, yeah, I've got I've got Dorsai thing 2019 here in Raleigh next year. So yeah, yeah. Omega's yeah. working for Dublin for Worldcon. I don't think she's actually been recruited to work New Zealand. She works most conventions and most Worldcons in some capacity, right. and she works Aresia. She did Innkeeper the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. She works. She's working ReaderCon. She stays busy anyway. Cass tweeted at her and said, I hear you can help with my makeup. We had never met Cass before. <laughs> I, I knew who she was vaguely because mm-hmm. you'd mentioned her. We drove out, met her in, I think, Williamsburg, which is where she was staying. Yep. Meg and she talked for a while. Then they got in the car because Cass was going to something on the Lower East Side. And I drove while Meg did Cass's makeup. <laughs> That's the extent which we met. Oh, God. That's that's now, welcome to stay with us. Everybody's welcome to stay with us, basically. But that's the extent to which I met her. <laughs> I love that. That's that's actually a great story right there. That that one's pretty good. Um, and yeah, so. All right. So best feedback. Chop wood, carry water. No matter the other what, one. Just do it. Yeah, the other one. That's that, that. I think I got this from my dad. and I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the work isn't over until the cleanup is over. Oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I apply to a lot of things and don't apply always where I should, but aspects of that include cooking isn't over till the dishes are done. Mm-hmm. The, or in a related thing, the job isn't over till the report's written because the report is a form of cleanup. Right. And you've filed everything and said, we have resolved this matter and we are making notes of it and closing the files. Mm-hmm. It's not done. The last thing I do is take a, a, a job off of my list Every, everything else is making sure that, and this is work in particular, mm-hmm. the README file says how we resolved it. The matter management has been closed out. Mm-hmm. Then I delete it from my Excel spreadsheet. Right. And, and we there's there's some similar stuff in, in IT, uh, especially with the new, uh, the new processes and ideas coming around with, with the DevOps movement. In, sure. In terms of, uh, um, like, you do a root cause analysis, but it's worthless if you don't follow up. Right. right. I mean, so often in, in IT, especially in bigger shops, you're like, okay, the ticket is done, click done. Um, when the problem is solved, but it's maybe not cleaned up. Maybe you didn't document it. Maybe it's gonna happen, you know, maybe it will happen again and you didn't really put in a fix. You just did the quick fix to make it work. And there's actually more work to do there to make sure it doesn't happen 15 other places later or when we do a root cause analysis, we say, well, these are all the problems. And okay, we're done now. No, you're not done until you've actually looked at and either mitigated or solved those problems. Right. right? Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a good one, man. I'm going to, that one, that one may be going into my like regular lexicon. He says, writing it down and highlighting and all that stuff. There you go. I don't, I, like, I, I, I thought I got it from my dad, but thinking about it, I don't think that quite fits. My, my, my father is a journalist. Mm. My father was, editor, a magazine editor for a long time, and that was a freelance writer and editor. Right. Um, which, it's not that it doesn't fit it exactly, but I don't think he would think about it in that way. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, My family are a lot of journalists, a lot of teachers, mm-hmm. um, and it's weird mm-hmm. because my mother is social and she was therefore the black sheep of her very technical, very, not anti-social, but <laughs> geeky family. Gotcha. 
Yeah, and I can see how being an introvert would be sort of the the opposite of that, or an extrovert would be the an extrovert. Yeah, she is. She is. My 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 wife describes my 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 parents as what happens when the uh, unstoppable force meets the immovable object. Eventually, the immovable object says fine and gets up. Yes. Yeah. That believe me that that is that is how I'm motivated to do things on on the regular. Um, uh, also, you've got the Jewish mother thing going. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know if you've watched the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Not yet. It's on my list. The thing about it is we, we loved it, my wife and I, but we couldn't watch more than 15 or 20 minutes without pausing. Not that like we couldn't take it anymore, but because it was like, how, where are the cameras in my parents' house growing up? And then we realized, well, no, it's just that we're stereotypes. Like stereotypes come from somewhere. And this oh, yeah, is yeah. such the, 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 the Jewish, not stereotype, it wasn't even stereotyping, the actual representation of Ashkenazi Judaism. Right. It was just back a few years and that's where it came from. In a lot of ways, you know, my, my parents were like that because my mother grew up in Queens, actually. Okay. Yeah, no, um, thinking of stereotypes have to come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, we were... And uh, Amy Sherman-Palladino herself, who's the creator, she knows herself. Right, right. Um, it's her. This is her family and her tradition. So. No, it was, it was the night we were in a... It didn't really sink in until we were... Uh, we'd gone to see a, a show that a friend was putting on. And it's at this club up in Durham uh, called The Pinhook. And apparently this was, um, it's either a regular hangout or the show was, was very important to, um, gay women. Right. But we didn't realize that we didn't know that going in. And so I went to get a drink at the bar cause we got there early cause we thought, you know, thought it was going to be earlier than it was and, uh, practically empty. So I go back out to get a drink at the bar and I look around and there's all these women in buzz cuts and flannel <laughs> and hiking boots and I'm like looking around, going, wait, wait, wait a second, you know, wait a second. And a friend of mine who's who's a, a lesbian is like, yeah, the stereotypes come from somewhere. That was my uniform in college. I'm like, wow, okay. So now we know it's not stere- yeah, no, but that was sort of the the hammer. And stereotypes come from somewhere. And and it's more about what you do with them, right. or you know, what is done with them. Like you know. Jewish stereotypes frequently do have a source of truth to them, but using them to apply to any individual or to, to, and using them to, to pass judgment right. is definitely flawed. Mm-hmm. And certainly miss, you know, using them to, to demonize God yes. knows, God so to speak. Knows, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's there's, and, and there's a lot of sort of ongoing discussion in fandom about that right now, but that is not the subject matter we will yell about right now. For a podcast. Yeah. That's, that's, and, and Twitter. And we'll talk about it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, all right. So the new question that okay. someone has suggested. Uh, this is you get to be the the beta test of this question. Is um, how do you decide what to start on? Um. Well, when it comes to work, it's what I get told to start on. So it solves that problem really easy. <laughs> uh, as to the other thing, I think it's sort of it's when I decide this is something that I want to devote energy to. My okay. friend Z and I. We're talking about doing our Star Wars blog for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I went off to Japan for a year. Right. Uh, I was bonded to work there, which was fascinating. And I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Actually, I think I could do it better this time because I have some clue what the hell. <laughs> like, oh, my right. God. It yeah. is. It was an amazing experience. It was bonkers. There are ways in which japan japanese culture and like the things that we don't run into because we don't deal with how they do recycling and trash takeout right um 
boggle. And then eventually you get used to it. So now we know exactly what to do. But the first time we ran into a lot of what the yeah. a lot of weirdnesses. Um anyway, I came back from Japan and my friend was like, let's do this now. Mm-hmm. You know, let us actually come into this. And so that we we saw each other at New Year's, we see each other every year at New Year's. Mm-hmm. We sat down and we started blogging. Yeah. And we just kept going with it. And um you know, and uh, by the way, for those who who um haven't heard me talk about her. Z is phenomenal. She's an amazing musician. Um, she is. And is part of the, what is it, the DC Metro Gamer Symphony Orchestra? Washington Metro, yeah. WMGSO.org. Yep. I'm not sure when you're putting this out, Kevin. It'll probably be too late, but their big 50-year anniversary concert is the 19th of, of May, and it's quite possible that tickets will in fact sell out so you know, I'm, be I'm thinking that's gonna happen this is yeah no i'm gonna miss it by like a week yeah well oh. you should have been there <laughs> you live in, in, in north carolina yeah. so that's doable you certainly go up for magfest but no i'm not sure i'd recommend trying it on a given weekend for it yeah no it's it's that's uh plus i've got another interview to do that with a, another yeah. another person that day um and i'll be doing um baby metal in charlotte two days before that so oh Excellent. Yeah, yeah. As as much I've never heard baby metal, but I love that they exist. The oh, they're actually really good. I, I, not, I don't doubt it. Like metal isn't really my, my my genre of choice. I don't doubt they're excellent. But even if they weren't, I love that they exist. That just just conceptually, right? Yeah. Yeah, philosophically, particularly with who is it? Rob Zombie saying this is what metal is. You know, it's it's it, it's fuck your preconceptions and fuck your definitions. Yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, these these three teenage girls from Japan are more metal than every single one of you, and they're kind of right. So, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, can't wait. Yeah. I'm very excited about that one. And I'm sure by the time this comes out, I'll be raving about it because uh, you know I think like this one should be out the week after, and so I'll just be yeah, I'll still be all all pumped up for it. So. Yeah. Um, thinking along those, uh, back to the questions, because you and I will diverge really easily. Um, Not really? How do, how do you know? <laughs> I think where we, we started talking about something at MAGFest and we ended, uh, with a comparative, uh, with a discussion of the comparative use of languages in science fiction. And so. Yeah, well, that, yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. So. And that was that was actually a celebratory day. So, how do you celebrate your successes if you celebrate them? Uh, well, yeah, okay. That's actually something that I, I do have issues with. Do you know what the reward is for a job well done? Uh, more work. Another job. Right. Yeah, I am not actually great at celebrating my successes. I am not good at accepting praise or thanks or 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 accomplishment. I I, I like it, but I also have some very strong sort of hangups about not being prideful mm-hmm. and not bragging. Uh, okay, the the whole thing just zoned out and may have hung. So, so I, I, uh, I lost you at the not being prideful oh, and it's still catching up. Uh, no. Okay, turn off the video. I'm going to have to cut all of this out. Can you turn off your video? Can uh, you hear me? Keep talking. Your... Okay. Is that better? Yes, because you just you you started to say you 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 have a you you did like you have a problem with that, and then as you started to get into prideful, it turned into pride. Yeah, no, I've, yeah. 
had that happen. But if this is cleaner, well, you know, it's not like we it, need video for an audio podcast. Right, and and I'm wondering if bandwidth impacts, right? Right, I think it's quite possible. Yeah. Uh, but, all right, where was I? Yeah, um, I have issues with taking pride in my accomplishments because either sometimes I do it too much and I, and I sort of get smug and that's never good. And sometimes I don't do it enough and people will thank me and I am not really good at accepting thanks. Uh, yeah, like I, that's a hard I, thing. I tend, to, tend to try to brush it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I So I don't have good sort of reward mechanisms set up. I have this ongoing problem of I, I, I don't have the thing I do to reward myself. You know, I don't have the food reward. Food is not actually a strong motivator for me. Um, and uh, the downtime reward, the I get to play a game or something, I don't know, it doesn't ever work for me. I play a game if I am free and want to play a game. Um, so there isn't, so so I am not great at, at uh, rewarding myself. And that's the flip side, because after success, mm-hmm. chop wood, carry water. Right. Chop wood, carry water. So how about the flip side of that one? Um, uh, as you know, I am a big fan of, of Howard Taylor's Maxim 70, um, which is, where did I, now I can't remember it. Oh, God, I'll have to get the Failure is not an option. It is mandatory. The yes. only option is what you do about it. Yes, is what you do after. Yes. So what, what, what about when you miss that goal or when you fail? That's something. Uh, I also not something I'm great at. I do tend a little toward the self-recrimination, self-pity, and misery. I have definitely fallen into funks that can take a long time to get out of because I failed or fucked up Mm -hmm. or and it sort of depends on what it is. You know, when I I I got laid off a couple of years ago from my job, I was already job hunting and it all worked out. You know, I, I got another job and all, but there was a time when I was really miserable and unfortunately took it out on other people. Especially my wife, mm-hmm. which really not good. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, that was one of the contributing factors to my eventual divorce. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, but I try in my better moments to again go back to okay, keep chopping wood, keep carrying water. Right. It, it is just keep going. Mm-hmm. There isn't really an alternative. <laughs> right. right. Um, I try to be pragmatic and zen about it. I guess is the best way to do it. Um, I I guess I have comfort reads and things like that. And certainly I sometimes want to, you know, hibernate and just sort of recover. If I am in a, you know, if, if I'm feeling bad or feeling, if I'm feeling sick, certainly, if I'm feeling upset or frustrated, I often just don't want to be present. I'll go into a room, turn out the lights, try to isolate myself from everything. By a sensory deprivation tank, you know, I, that's probably going too far. I know I've 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 certainly had uh, in the past those those days where it's like, okay, I need to get away from everything. And when I was younger, I would just get in my car, I'd put on loud music, um, probably something like Quadrophenia <laughs> by the Who, and just because yeah. if you go through the whole album in the cycle, it's a whole emotional gut wrench. And I would just the first attempt to do a rock opera, really. Yeah, and or anyone else really knew what the fuck a rock opera was. Yeah, um, but then I would, uh, and then do the entire loop around Raleigh on the Beltline. Gotcha. Which was just long enough to go through a a two LP. Well, I mean, it was cassette, but a a two LP set like that, like 120 minutes of music, right? Um, Yeah. Sometimes I ended up strange play. I almost, uh, I think, 
I, I had to stop and turn around when I was halfway to Greensboro once because I was just in that zone of I am driving, I'm listening to music, I've shut everything else off except those two functions. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, 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 I understand. Or, or I'd go into a room and I'd turn off all the lights and put on headphones and just pick something. Right. Right. To, to try to cut out as much outside anything as possible. Right, and let your brain sort of... Sort of uh, uh, not process anything, but in my case, it's usually music, um, but not process anything, but the music, but the sound and just let that sort of cleanse you out as it were. Exactly. Now I just go sit with my chickens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right. So you want to do that sort of sensory deprivation that sort of draw in, not interact when, when you miss something like big or when you fuck up. Or, or I need like to that. sort of let my brain process it. And I don't want to take, you know, I, I don't want to be upset at other people. I, I uh, have some really strong hangups about expressing particularly anger. I have some really, really strong hangups about expressing anger. I am really bad at it. I don't like it. I right. swallow anger a lot. It's mm-hmm. not, Entirely healthy, but there it is. Yep. Um, so if I'm upset about something, I don't want to be around people because mm-hmm. I don't want it to splash over them. Right, 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 right. And then that's and that's the the other thing because um, that is it. Hi, Ernie. Um, that's a very male response, right? Um, yeah, either... there's definitely gender response aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, because uh, in a lot of cases, that's how. In in the gendered world, how uh, male people, the dog is going nuts back there with Ursula. Um, uh, in, in that men often express strong emotions as uh, anger, and but we also bottle things up, and that's that's a weird. I get. I think that's much more of an American socialization thing than anything else. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Um, wow, the dogs! Can you hear this going on? I, I can I, hear the dog a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if the people are, well because I've got raw microphone feeding it, so I can hear them going up the stairs and down the stairs and back and uh-huh. forth and all that. I don't know how much is carrying over. Um, it's it's getting on towards bite your face time, so you know. <laughs> all right, so that's all six questions plus the beta question, and um, so. What have you, uh, have you got anything else you want to share with the audience or, um, or expand on? Huh. I can't really think of anything. You know, I, I, I'm thinking, I, I mentioned earlier when you were going through your, how in the world do we get to set up this sound, you know, this, this right, recording right. that I spent a long time since I was a programmer. Cause one thing that's interesting is my career path to being a lawyer mm-hmm. was a stop in programming. Like I went to, Right. college to be a computer scientist and worked as a coder for a couple of years and I just got into law toward the end of college but I wanted to work first um, and that definitely in- influenced my being in the geeky end of law like IP work is where geeks end up if they go to law school oh, yeah. you know obviously it's something that geeks and computer geeks in particular care about because mm-hmm. you know you get EFF issues and you get copyright and trademark issues or tend to have you know, when it comes to patent work, which I used to do, you actually need to have a scientific background to be qualified for some of it, which right. is useful. Which, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, thinking of the EFF, by the way, everybody give to the EFF. They're a wonderful organization. Um, I would not currently have a job if it weren't for the EFF. Um, their, um, their lawsuits around fair use and 
patent abuse and things like that are what allow my company to exist. Really? I didn't know that. That's excellent. Yeah, so we're, we're actually a, a regular contributor, and I also personally contribute. I think they, they have yeah. a really important mission there. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And they have been dealing with... Um, it's interesting. I remember talking with them about why they don't really have a lobbying arm. I actually mm-hmm. interned for them as a first-year law student. Oh, wow. And, yeah, um, a lot of legal research, you know, mm-hmm. the can, you know, spam filtering on, you know, can, can college campuses spam filter or does that run into free speech issues if it's a public college? Mm-hmm. The EFS position on spam is actually a more, is one of their more uh, controversial ones. A lot of people who otherwise like them do not like their position on spam mm-hmm. uh, because they tend to say it's not somebody, you know, nobody else should be sitting and deciding what spam is. If you set up a personal spam filter, that's one thing, but any sort of institutional spam filter that has problems, and I think they have a point, but the flip side, we need a better way of dealing with this. I was going to say, as, as a male administrator, I can appreciate both sides of the issue, but I, you know, sp- spam is like a scourge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's sort of like, you know, they, and then that's one of the aspects of it is they do tend to be, ex- not extremists is, is sort of the right word, mm-hmm. uncompromising. Right. And that's why they don't have a lobbying arm, they told me, because they used to. Mm-hmm. And then, they went to the negotiating table for, uh, I don't know what, probably wasn't the Communications Decency Act, but it was right. some some bill, some legislation. Mm-hmm. And they did what a lobbying organization does, and they compromised, and their membership went berserk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because their membership, it tends to be a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of crypto extremists, mm-hmm. cyber, cyber libertarian, crypto libertarian yeah. hardliners. Yeah, and yeah. so they were like, okay, look. Our job is clearly not to be the lobbyists. Our job is to be the impact litigators, the ones who sue the NSA and AT and T, or you know, who who take the extreme position and let other organizations, the Center for Democracy and Technology, filled in a lot of the gap, do the explicit lobbying in DC, compromise, get the best deal you can. Mm. Work, and then uh, yeah, because if 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 they were to to go in with the with the full extremists, they because laws are made through compromise in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. You know, you just have to accept that you're not going to get everything you want out of a, out of a bill, right. out of law, out of a structure. And the other place to do it is through the courts. And that's where the EFF is doing its part. Right. And the court's interpretations are often much more nuanced than the hammer that is the law. Oh God. Yeah. So, all right. Um, that's everything, man. Okay. Um, thank you very much. Sure, sure. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, no, it's a, a lot of fun. We should we should do calls more often that aren't recording related. Sorry, people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm happy to. Yeah. Um, plus, uh, we're gonna see you at Worldcon. Oh yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, and uh, and so everybody who's gonna be at Worldcon, um, you know, we'll. Uh, I'm sure, as you know, Ursula's nominated for Hugo this year, so we're going. We'll be hanging and the YA unnamed the unnamed YA award. The unnamed YA award, which I'm. Really curious how they're going to do the engraving on the award if they don't know what it's called yet, and they're giving it away, I guess, the day they vote on the name. Well, I'm sure they'll figure it out. They'll figure something out. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Um, thank you very much, man. Yeah, hey. And um, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll catch up with you later. And yeah. for the... Well, I should say, you know, if, if people want to find me or my work, mm-hmm. I am uh, SciFantasy on most social media, including Twitter. That's mm-hmm. where the Will Knows come in. Um, and I'm usually around on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am, my blog is force visions, 
as in visions from the force forcevisions.wordpress.com that's where z and i do the star wars rereads and i generally if you see sci fantasy it's me right yes okay yeah and we'll i'll link all that in the show notes all right so all right uh thanks a lot and for you folks at home we'll be right back So we're back. That was, I had a great time talking to Will. Will is so cool. Will is very cool. I'm very excited to see Will and his wife Meg at Worldcon this year. Um, I cannot get Meg in front of a microphone to find out how she's being organized right now because part of hers is she's the one running the Hugo Award ceremony this year. Indeed. And so um, I don't want to intrude upon any of her time. Um between the awards banquets and the the appearances she's she's making, you can hit her up in September. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, once once it's all once it's all done, uh, I'll I'll talk to her then. Um, so no, it was great to talk to Will. I love talking to Will. Um, we spent an, an evening at Magfest drinking whiskey and doing comparative just back and forth on all the different sci-fi classic and modern that we've read to the point where we were talking about, we were talking about the, um, the use of both fictional and real languages in science fiction. Um, specifically, I think we hit Canticle for Leibowitz and how Latin was used specifically in that particular book, which is, by the way, if you haven't read a Canticle for Leibowitz, it's an amazing, amazing story. Uh, one of my all time favorites. It's good to be able to geek out with people sometimes. Uh, occasionally, yeah. I, I, it's not like we don't geek out at home, but it's a different kind of geeking out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. already know most of the things I can geek out about, so right. it's it's rare that one occasionally trips over a completely new source of yeah. geekdom after you've mm-hmm. lived together for, you know. Actually, I think part years. of it was we were comparing the use of Latin in Canical for Leibowitz, the use of Russian in Clockwork Orange. So... Yeah. Geeks. Geeks. Um, so before we have a drawing. We, we have a drawing. I was gonna say before we get to our badge code, we have a drawing. Um I have a devotional from our friend Teresa. Uh Seeing Ourselves Through God's Eyes is the name of the devotional, and I have an ebook to give away. And uh there are I have some entries and I have a, a die in my hand. I'm just gonna I've counted up and given everybody a number, and I'm going to just roll the die. And the die says five, which means Feather. Hey, Feather has won the drawing Woo! this week. Congrats, Feather. Congrats, Feather. And if we reach a point where I have, um, I think we're good up to uh, 20 people as a single entry before I have to find a different way to do it. Because that's, <laughs> I mean, you know, I've up to a 20-sided die here. So um, I might have to dig out my D100 if we ever get that many entries. Um, or you could just roll two D10s. Two, well, Yeah. 3d10s i can start if if we get over 100 i don't know it's anyway now we're now we're hitting our own geek points here yes yes 
So, uh, Feather, I will be uh, emailing Teresa and you. Uh, actually, you may have already gotten the email um, by the time this hits the internet. So, uh, congratulations, Feather. Thank you to everyone who entered. Um, Shell, Nate, Victor, uh, Chris, thank you uh, all for entering. Sorry you guys didn't get it this time. But um, I love that, that everybody's the people who get excited about these things. So, that's that. Let's talk about badge codes. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I am honored to have contributed to the badge code this week. Yes. This this week's badge code is microbes. Now, for the new listeners, or first-time listeners, we issue Mozilla Open Badges, or badges that conform to the Mozilla Open Badge standard, blah, blah. Um, basically, uh, if you go to the ProductivityAlchemy.com website, and there will be a box Towards the bottom of the page doesn't always show up on mobile because of how the mobile theming works. Um, but you can go to the bottom of the page. There will be a box there that says enter your badge code. If you enter this code this week, it is microbes. Um, then you will be awarded a badge that you can display at um, on, on other websites. You can export and it takes away things like you where you got the badge and how you earned the badge is all sort of embedded in the media for that image. So it's really cool, um, and I'm a big fan. And I'm actually thinking about uh, ordering some stickers of a couple of the badges because I got to tell you, the um, one, the designs on some of them, I'm I'm very proud of. Um, but the other is, it's just cool. It would just be cool to have the I met Kevin badge as a sticker oh, to yeah. put on something, or the um, I failed badge. Yes. Right. And since uh, the place where I ordered the Productivity Alchemy stickers, which I'll have at various events over the course of the summer, um, they do die cut now in different shapes. So I can actually get, like, if I've got a crinkly edged badge, I can actually get it printed as a crinkly edged sticker and not, oh, look, here's a white thing, big white square on your gray laptop or whatever. Um, so those are some things I'm playing around with. That all being said, um, I want to thank everybody for listening and to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Ursula V. The rebranding is on my to-do list. Yes. Um, we also, I also have a, a coffee, ko-fi.com slash K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. Um, that's my, buy me a coffee. And I appreciate coffee. I love coffee. Coffee, good. Coffee gets me through <laughs> the day. I'm... Probably about three cups further along than I should have been at this point because I'm feeling great right now. Um, if that or it was dinner, I don't know. It was a good dinner. It was a good dinner. Um, but you can buy me coffee. We also have a uh, give page, so you can donate directly if you just want to uh, bypass the middleman. Um, all of this is on the support section of the of productivityalchemy.com. And, you know, you don't have to give money. If you want to share, if you want to tell your friends, if you want to click like on Facebook, if I can ever get the Facebook auto-publish or auto-cross-post whatever thing working, um, really, I appreciate it. Um, the, Send an email that says you listen. He squeeze over these. There's, I, there's squeeing. I kind of do, yeah. Um, I, I have a copy of uh, The Artist's Way sitting here that is on my to-read list. Uh, Ursula say It's a cult! There you go. Um, that was given to me by my friend D. Why is it yours, I think? I love you, and this is no reflection on you at all. It's still a cult! <laughs> um, <coughs> but D was telling me how much her daughter's getting out of the show, and I'm just, I'm just flattered and overjoyed uh, to hear that. Um, 
I will have words about the artist's way. I'm, I'm sure, about. yeah. Um, but because uh, one of the things that I've always said is um, I feel successful when I help other people be successful. And anytime somebody says this really helped, I, it just gives me a little thrill because that means I'm doing something right. So, all right, that's it. Um, that's everything for this week. Thanks for listening. And we will see you in about a week. And remember, folks, uh, stay productive. And eat yogurt. Trust eat. me. Oh, that is. Yogurt makes you productive in certainly different ways. Oh.